Welcome, and thanks for listening to Sisters Unashamed. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series where we welcome our guest, Hannah, and we just could not stop talking to her. So be sure to listen back next Wednesday for part two. Also, we do want to provide a trigger warning that we discuss some difficult mental health topics in both this part and part two. Please listen with care. Sisters Unashamed. Here we are, still here, still unashamed. Yes, I'm Kristen. I'm Melanie. And today we have a guest. It's Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> I was like, wait, do I have to jump in? Yeah. Yes, it's Hannah. Hello. <laughs> that was, I love it. Just Hannah. Like perfectly awkward yes. intros. That's our, that's our thing. She's one of my close friends. We met while working at Larry's. A sandwich shop. Yes. I mean, we, we had to dra- trauma bond somehow. Yes, exactly. It was very <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> that was. Making sandwiches? No, just people. <laughs> yeah. People can be traumatic. Yeah. yeah. Customers dealing with their food. Yeah. I can see that. I do have to say, um, uh, I know it probably didn't sound like it or anything, but I um, might be very emotional today just because. I have overstimulated myself today mm-hmm. um, with a lot of anxiety. Um, I worked. Don't know why I picked up a shift today, but that was very overstimulating. And then I had to talk about art, my art in a class in front of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So my anxiety is really high and I was crying on the way home. So just an FYI, if I start crying, that might be why. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're not apologizing. Yeah. You're sort of giving just a heads up. Aware. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, I cried today too. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some real ser- serious self-awareness, which you have to have when you deal with anxiety and depression. Yeah. And it can be anything can trigger it really. And mm-hmm. I, I, I tried, uh, I had a hard time during my class this morning or when we were talking about it, I went last luckily, but I like was fighting tears back and was like hiding that I was like very anxious and yeah. didn't want to talk about my artwork. Yeah. But, and I even, when I went up there to talk about it, I told them like, look, I have anxiety and I'm very overstimulated today. So I apologized. I did apologize to them just because of that. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to give a heads up. <laughs> cool. Anyway, If you do get emotional, it's fine. No shame I have, here. I have Uno. That's right. Today I'm holding Uno. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> and both Hannah and I know what it's like to deal with anxiety. So of oh, course yeah. I'm not judging. I mean, I'm anxious doing this. I'm just talking to you guys, but I'm like, oh, people are actually listening now. Yeah. yeah. They're inside the mics. Yeah. They're I mean, they're yeah. <laughs> They, they always point out how I look at the mics when I want to talk to the people. Yeah. Like, they're in oh, wow. there. <laughs> she does. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good episode, yeah. even if you... Yeah, I feel really good anxious. right now. I'm just saying, like, at any point, it could be triggered, so I just yeah. want to give a heads up mm-hmm. on that. But, yeah, we can get into, um, I think we wanted to bring up uh, Devin commented on spotify oh that's right yeah. we got another submission based on our question about who is your tv crush your celebrity crush and devin did answer thanks devin for 
contributing. Um, what did they say, Kristen? Um, it was Tracy. I don't know her last name, but Tracy from um, Hairspray. Oh, yeah, the, that's right. The main character in Hairspray. I this. I think I might just need to see a picture. Yeah, I know. I'm might. looking it up right now. <laughs> um, she. I love that. I mean, she's her, friends with Amanda Bynes. Did you ever watch? Hairspray? See, I didn't. I didn't watch Hairspray. I've just heard um, about it. Nicole like Blonsky. Yeah, her name's Tracy. Um, what is it? Turnblad. Turnblad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what she looks like, Hannah. I'm sure a lot of people know. Like yeah. as we're talking, we're like, "Come on, yes." Yeah. Look at her bangs. Got the yeah. big poofy hair. That was the style. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's super cute. I thought that was a good one. With a little plaid skirt. Yeah. Yeah. So Hannah, we wanted to ask you who your um, childhood crush was, celebrity crush. This is so weird. I tried thinking about it, and I can't. Um, necessarily think of someone I was crushing on like having dreams about or like I want to kiss this person that sort of thing (laughs) yeah but once I became like 12 I think someone I really looked up to and admired which happens to be a attractive male is Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance the the lead singer oh okay so very emo of me (laughs) that's good yeah what what would you say made you like look up to him um, definitely the music, because uh-huh. I was very into their music at yeah, the time. very emo. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was, like, because I liked your cartoon answer. I was like, yeah. I'm sure there's a cartoon crush I had. I just can't remember. Yeah, I'm the only one. Maybe, like, Shigo. So far. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's an attractive woman and badass. Yeah. Like... Shigo. It's another one. Or like any of them, the darker like um, uh, animated characters. Like, was it? Um, is it Blossom from Powerpuff Girls? Oh, yes. Raven um, from Teen Titans. Yes, Raven. <laughs> uh, yes. Man, shit, thought Raven. Wow. Yeah, Raven's good. Yeah, I like that one. And not. And not the new Teen no, Titans. We're talking OG yes. Teen Titans. Not Teen Titans Go. <laughs> yeah, that's some bullshit. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Teen uh, Titans. Ravens. Yeah, I'm like looking up all of them. Yeah. Because like, I vaguely have an idea of what we're referring to. But yeah. A lot of I guess. Yeah. yeah. A specific she type. had a thing for like Beast Boy, I think, at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had maybe Gwen from Total Drama Island. Oh, Which is such a I niche. never watched that. You are younger though. Um, that my brother watched that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was like I remember when that first kind of came around. I was sort of getting, I don't know, like out I of thought high that school. show was like for Adult Swim because when my brother was watching it, her, a girl's shirt got ripped off and it like blurred out the boobs, and I was like. I what are you watching? Have... And when you watch it now, the whole point is that they're making, like, it's supposed to be a parody show of all these oh yeah reality TV yeah. shows that people go on. But I was like, what is this? Oh, like Survivor uh, or something? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I like to know that they're even the younger generation still 
had emo faces. Yeah. <laughs> they still do today. Yeah. Like, emo never it's, dies. Yes. It's so different, though. Like, my sister, she's only two years younger, yeah. but her emo phase is, it's totally valid, but it's, like, TikTok emo songs, and I'm like, wait, you guys don't listen to Pierce the Veil? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You don't listen to Sleeping with Sirens? What's happening? Yeah. That's that's so funny. But, like, the essence of emo lives yeah. on. Yes, oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> even if the songs are different. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Because this is, like, our spooky episode. Yeah. So we're excited. So- by the time y'all hear this, it will be almost Halloween. It's the Wednesday right. before Halloween. That's right. So, happy Halloween, guys. So, we've got some spooky plans for today's episode. And um, everything's going to be sort of Halloween themed. Yeah. We're even wearing cat ears again. That's right. Yep. And I have a Halloween themed affirmation to start us off with. So, do we want to jump in? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, the affirmation for today is... You do not have to wear a mask. You can show your feelings. And it's Halloween themed because of the mask. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to wear a mask, sometimes it's okay. Right, you don't have to always show your feelings. Yeah. Uh, People you're comfortable around. Sometimes it's okay to hide. Go <laughs> away. Yeah. Like, tell... If you gotta go hide, if you gotta hide behind a mask, that's okay. Speak up for yourself. Yeah. Or don't. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but don't be afraid to share your emotions with people because we're all human. Yeah. We're all going through this shit life together. Together. <laughs> shit life. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know, be unashamed and unafraid. Yes. I'm still learning how to do that. It's a work in progress. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are. For yeah. sure. Me and Melanie say we're unashamed and we do our best to stay that way. But I mean, there are days where we're just like, you know, we we can't not be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For me specifically, it's like I am such a crybaby, but um, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to cry a lot. But <laughs> yeah, but crying yeah. in front of people is so embarrassing. Oh, I'm there gosh, like, you know, the, you know that meme of Kim ugly crying, Kim Kardashian? Uh, uh, yes, I th- that's I've how I it. feel. I look. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I hate oh, it. The, the thing about like when people see me crying, and then they want to hug me, that makes you're me like worse. get your hands off yeah. of me. Yeah, because then I'll either like I'll, I'll cry more because I'm feeling anxiety from crying in front of you, but you're also touching me, and I yeah. <laughs> that that photo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's how I look. I feel like that. I feel snotty. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not pretty. Oh, but who is a pretty crier? Like, like thank yeah. you still like me. <laughs> Man, we need to we when we do like an attachment episode yeah. you should come on Hannah too because like what you just said is like it just makes me think of like you know all the anxiety of like being in a relationship yeah and how it comes you guys up. should bring on like couples just to talk about it like if you yeah. can have yeah. Jason um like Nick and I are different attachment styles I won't yeah. go too much into it because you don't want to save the episode but like I mean if Nick is ever comfortable coming on we'll definitely oh, have yeah, both he, of y'all he loves to talk okay <laughs> well yeah we definitely will we want to have 
couples come on and talk and get different perspectives. And especially males, too. We want, like, we try to have, like, both genders so we can get both sides. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. So, yeah, next time we'll have to bring Nick on. We'll have a relationship episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we'll take a break here, and then we'll jump into our first segment of the day. Scary story. We got a scary story to tell Hannah. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Welcome back from the break. Back from the break. Back back from the break. That's Melanie's break song. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make break songs. Where's the break dance? Oh, <laughs> it doesn't that work way. for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, audio video. There's no visuals. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a scary story. Are you all ready for this? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm such like a true crime scary story junkie. So, <laughs> oh wow, then this is gonna be right up your alley. Yes. yes. Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm gonna read this story to these ladies and uh, then we're gonna talk about it so let's get spooky (laughs) once upon a time a land far far away it's not very spooky (laughs) (laughs) okay just kidding for real for real for real being 19 years old and from a big family mindy felt lost and unsure of herself so when given the chance to move far away and start over of course she jumped at the chance When her estranged father came to her and asked her to move in with him, she thought this would be the perfect opportunity to discover who she is as an individual and even maybe get to know her father a little more. Shortly after the move, her father got a job five hours away, leaving her to live alone the majority of the time. Mindy accepted this freedom as a welcoming chance to become independent and explore who she would be not constantly surrounded by people. Besides, she had her trusty dog Max with her to keep her company. But soon, Mindy's excitement would turn into terror. One night, Mindy was going through her nightly routine, sitting snuggled on the end of the couch while Max lay cuddled beside her. As she went to reach for the remote, she froze. In that same moment, she made eye contact with a man standing outside her backsliding door. She sat there, frozen, as the man slowly started backing away out of view. After what felt like an hour, Mindy finally stood up and ran to the back door and locked it. Still shocked at what just happened, a million things were running through her mind. What do I do? Do I call the police? I live in a duplex. What if he's just trying to get to his? She began justifying why he would have been there. The alternative was too creepy to even consider. So she decided it was just a weird coincidence and put it at the back of her mind. But just in case, she slept in the living room so she could see all entrances to her home. A week passes and the incident is further from her mind when she starts cleaning her bathroom. Suddenly, she hears Max barking at the back sliding door. Her instinct is that there is a cat outside, but he hasn't stopped barking, so she goes to calm him down. It's the middle of the day, and she sees no cat in the yard. But as she goes to turn to Max, she catches the glimpse of an eye peering through the neighboring fence that divides her patio from the neighbors. Mindy quickly locks the door and closes the blinds. 
She stood there for a minute, running what she saw through her mind and beginning to rationalize it again. I'm probably just seeing things. No way there was an eye peering through the fence. A few weeks go by and her father is back in town. She told him about the incidents that she just chucked them up to coincidence. He, on the other hand, did not feel they were coincidences and told her that the guy might try it again, only the guy wouldn't know her father would be there because he was out of town during the stalking. Mindy just laughed at us off, thinking her dad was being dramatic. After dinner with her father and his girlfriend, Mindy decided to sleep in her room that night since she wasn't alone anymore. Towards the middle of the night, she heard Max growling at the window. But Mindy was still half asleep and just thought it was an animal at the window. Mindy would soon learn all her assumptions are wrong. Max stood up on the bed and started barking and growling very loudly at the window. Mindy sat up to what was going on and again she froze. There was a man's shadow outside her window, but this time she broke her frozen state, jumped out of bed, and ran to her father's room. There's a man standing outside my window, she yelled through the door. Her father jumped up, grabbed something off his nightstand, and ran to the front door. Mindy followed her father outside as his girlfriend called 911. There was no one at the front door, so her father walked around to the back of the duplex. There he found the man, trying to break in through the glass sliding door. Her father pulled a gun out on him and told him not to move that the police were on the way. Thankfully, the police arrived and arrested him. Can I just say, is this based on Kristen's life? <laughs> she knew it. Because I knew this happened to her. I will say, though, I thought it was that one incident. I didn't know he kept coming back. No, there was yeah. actually more. Yeah, I left really? stuff out of the story to try to make it because I didn't want you to know it was my story right off the bat. <laughs> I just, I remember you told me he came to the backsliding door and like was yeah. looking through the window, but I didn't know he like come had come back like multiple times. Yeah, it had a, it happened at least three times before he actually tried breaking in. I didn't know. He did yeah. That. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this chills. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah like knows the story. And yeah. This is something that actually happened to Kristen so Mindy in the story is Kristen and Max yeah I tried writing I was like yeah Max is Oliver in the story and I don't know this is the first time I've actually ever written the story down and I wanted to try writing it from a different perspective kind of yeah yeah you did a good job I just knew like when you said oh big family and just yeah. like I tried to hide little things. I didn't want to make it too detailed because then it would definitely be able to tell it was me. But <laughs> I obviously didn't do a very good job at hiding. No, no. <laughs> but no, I also, I guess, told you. I mean, I've told people this story because it's pretty creepy. Yeah, it's scary <laughs> because it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. The point is really to try to hide it. I think you did a yeah. good job telling your story. And there's a lot more to it still, but yeah. Um, so like it didn't happen exactly like I wrote in the story. Like, um, so I w I had a pet snake at the time, and I was holding my snake, 
And I went and sat at the end of the couch, like, right, like this futon. Obviously, people can't see the futon. <laughs> but anyways, um, I was sitting on the end of the couch and just holding my snake. And then I look up and it's because it's like the couch is this, again, can't see on the podcast, <laughs> but um, the door is in my sight, basically. The sliding door is in my sight. And I look up from like, like holding my snake and um, I catch like literally we, we lock eyes and he, like, it was so surreal. Like, um, I froze, I literally froze in that moment. Like, and he just slowly, cause like it goes from the sliding door to the wall. He slowly backs up to the wall out of my sight, like where I can't see him. Uh. And I um, froze <laughs> and um, I literally couldn't do anything for like forever. It felt like forever. <laughs> like I was just frozen there. Like it stunned. Yeah. Like what did I just see? Like what did I just witness? And all this stuff's running through my mind. And then I start like justifying it. Like he's probably just trying to walk like through my backyard mm-hmm. to get to his duplex because it is a, duplex area and there's a bunch of different apartments over there and in my head I'm like he's just trying to you know cut through my yard backyard or whatever and we accidentally coincidentally locked eyes at the wrong time or whatever Mm -hmm. and he probably felt awkward and just walked back you know um so I I I got up I locked the door and I closed the blinds and then I was like kind of just like trying my best to put it back in my head um, I do remember writing a post about it and someone told me to call the police, but yeah. I was alone and I felt uncomfortable and mm-hmm. I'm not like, I've never been a fan of the police. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I didn't feel comfortable calling them, um, cause I was alone, but, yeah. um, so I didn't do anything that time, but I did every time I was alone, I slept in the living room because I wanted to be able to see all entrances to the house and I didn't want it be in a closed room. Yeah. Well, I think the hardest part about those is cause even though you didn't know who this guy was, is that at that point he was stalking you or stalking yeah. your home. If you wanted to invade the home, whatever he was doing, he was yeah. I think, stalking you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the police, like you said, they're like, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Something happens. Which is, awful yeah because <laughs> by the time something happens yeah and who knows be hurt. really how long he actually because there are only three situations where i actually caught him yeah so who knows like he could have been looking other times yeah doing and i never caught him those times yeah. because they're the, the second one the second incident was when ollie was barking like crazy at the back sliding door and i mm-hmm. thought there was a bag out there really because he barks at random trash in the yeah. yard. <laughs> and I was, like, really confused to come out there. I'm like, I don't see anything, Oliver. And then I, like, freeze again. I freeze a lot, apparently, in stressful situations. Well, it's, you know, it's a fight or flight yeah. response. It's yeah. natural to happen. But I literally see this eyeball, like, because there is a fence divider between my patio and the neighbor's patio. And he didn't live beside me. It was an old lady that lived beside me. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even next to me that he would be trying to get to or right. accidentally being back there. 
Well, my thing is, is that he, this is like not nice to think about, but if he wanted to like break into your house, he probably would have done it while you were gone doing something. So my thought is like, oh, he wanted to get to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not comforting to yeah, think about exactly. at all. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's looking in, seeing you there. Yeah. He's like watching me. Yeah. Most home invaders would be like, oh crap, that's a person. Let me get out of here. Yeah. yeah. But it was like only once you saw him that he like left. Yeah. 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 I think that makes a lot of sense, Hannah. The third time, which I didn't mention in the little short story, was um, me and Oliver were outside and it was nighttime. And um, I just had him out, I think, on the leash, like, using the potty. And then um, I let him off because we were about to go back inside. And he, like, runs and, like, at, at in a direction and was barking and growling. And it, he ran at someone. And it was a guy. He was in between. Uh, the you know the duplex that has mine and my neighbors, and then mm-hmm. there's a house, another duplex right there. Mm-hmm. He was in between our duplexes, so I think he was like walking back here. You think it was the same guy? Or you it know? was. I know it was because I don't even know what I would do. Like, I didn't realize it was him until later, though. Oh, okay. Like I didn't realize he was the guy peeping in mm-hmm. until after he got arrested. Um, but like he was, it looked like now thinking back, like it was probably coming back there to like do some more peeping. Yeah. But my dog ran up to him and then I'm like, and I felt so stupid later thinking about this because I'm like, oh no, he's friendly. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry, but he's not going to bite you or anything. And I'm like, why did I say that? Ollie was like, (laughs) the guy's not friendly. Ollie knew. Yeah. Aw. strangers a lot like um he only barks at them really if like if he's in the house and like someone like he barked at hannah yeah like coming in because it's like but once hannah gets in the door he's like oh hey i'm so happy yeah and um i believe animals can like sense yeah like oh this isn't yeah great situation and then the last time with um that was was when it was in the middle of the night my dad was there this time and I was sleeping in my room his girlfriend was there and my little sister was there and um literally like heard Ollie barking I was like half asleep I was literally like like it was like a barely you know how like when you're asleep and you hear people talking and stuff and like but you're not registering it yeah that's pretty much how it was with Ollie like he's growling but I'm like it's a cat outside there's something outside he's growling at Mm-hmm. in my sleep <laughs> and yeah. then he like in the story he like jumps up and starts barking and going crazy at the window and that's when I like like actually like jolted up and I saw a man's shadow outside my window I mean, it was like the creepiest thank god night. for Ollie though yeah like <laughs> yeah. if he hadn't woke me up I don't know what would have happened yeah um especially because like my little sister was there she was sleeping in the living room and um so like when I saw the man's shadow like I did freeze and I'm like um I called for my sister come to the um room Mm -hmm. and so I called her to the room and she's like 
I'm like, I'm, I'm like, go, go get dad, go get dad. Like, there's a man outside my window, and then she freezes, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then when I see her freeze, it was like something woke me up. Like, like, oh, I gotta get up and go. And I jumped up and ran and um, went to my dad's room and woke him up and um, told him that the man was outside my window and that's when he got up he didn't actually grab a gun he grabbed a knife um i just wanted to change up the story yeah (laughs) Um, he grabbed the knife and then he ran outside he didn't see anyone out front so he went around the back and his girlfriend was calling 911 at this time and um he told me that he pulled a knife on him and um like my dad's very good with words I don't know what was said, but somehow he convinced the guy to stay until the cops got there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there, cause, but he did catch him trying to break in through the sliding door. In and, the back. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Gosh. I have, uh, I don't want to say it like super similar story, but I do yeah. have a story. Yeah. It's not super long. Um, but so my. I have my aunt um, who was with her husband at the time, and they were going on a drug binge together. Oh, fun. Um, <laughs> so she was, um, we were, she's not in our best graces. Now she's doing wonderful and sober, so good for her. I love her. Yeah. But um, her boyfriend convinced her to rob us. Oh, God. Um, God. And it wasn't like he was just there and like, he was like just there when we were there and just stole something like while we weren't looking. He um like they had a getaway car, came up to our house one night. Um, I was the only one awake and the dogs were like just barking crazy. And he was in the next room, like stealing from us. Oh my god. And I just don't know what it would have happened if I would have opened that door yeah. and let my dogs out. Like I don't Yeah, just like why because he was outside. Yeah, this is why I say I literally think Ollie saved me that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dogs, dogs are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. It's just terrifying, like, the things that, you know, happen. Like, ugh. Was that at nighttime, too? Yeah, it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was literally going to get ice cream and now she is yeah, away from the- ice cream at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I was just living my best life. No, no, but where are you going to Walmart? Like what what's on No, in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, can't leave. I thought you meant like leaving. No, I was just up and I heard my dogs barking and I was like, I'm not gonna let them out. But they were yeah. barking like, oh someone's here. And thankfully she's not with this person anymore. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know what have happened because it wasn't like my aunt was out there. It was him, mm-hmm. um, her husband, mm-hmm. and I was a kid. I don't yeah, know what I've... What did you think, like, what kept you from going, you know, like, opening door or anything? I really was like, I love my dogs, but I was like, they're being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I went to sleep, and then that's when I woke up. I was like, oh, what had happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you guys almost opened that door up. And they're like, thank God you didn't. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's one thing, too, that our brain does to, like, protect us is to, like, 
um, think of the best case scenario sometimes, like yeah. to give the benefit of the doubt because the alternative is just too scary yeah. and we don't want to face it. So it's like your brain's way of sort of just like automatically going into denial and like justifying, like you want to think of like all the possibilities the good possibilities yeah. of, like what could be possibly happening like what you were saying like he's just trying to get to his duplex because like what if that's yeah. not the case like now yeah it's terrifying um this is a little bit different on what you're talking about but i think we need to do an episode on intrusive thoughts Oh, that's a good idea. Because I just had an intrusive thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my dad in that situation, he literally did say, like, um, I bet this guy's not going to, or he's not going to do it when I'm, I'm here. So, or like, I'm going to stop him or something, you know, mm-hmm. he made a weird comment about like, the guy not knowing that he was going to be there. So he's like, watch, he's probably going to try to do it again tonight and I'm going to catch him. Mm-hmm. And like, he made like a weird comment like that. Mm-hmm. So my intrusive thought was like, what if my dad planned, planned the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's not too far off, honestly. Yeah. Like the levels uh, of, honestly, yeah. like though I had the same thought when, when we were telling the story and talking about it earlier, I was like, just because of the situation, like where you lived, like what if like dad actually knew this guy or there was some connection somehow between this guy and and our dad, but then like he had to cover up for it. So like played it off. Like he didn't know, like that's where my mind went. Yeah. So (laughs) then I remembered that um, the police had actually told us that this guy had been peeping in an eight-year-old girl window, too, in the duplex. I'm so glad he was arrested. Yeah. Oh, there's more. Isn't there? Yeah, like Like after that? Yeah, because, um... He back? (laughs) Pretty much. Um, So, after that happened, my dad still basically, you know, ditched me and, like, was still working five hours away. And I um, didn't feel comfortable being alone anymore. So yeah. I eventually got a roommate to, uh, I would sleep in my dad's room and she, she slept in my room um, just because I just didn't feel comfortable and she needed a place to stay. And it was supposed to be short time anyways, but um, that's a whole nother story. Anyways, um, one day we come home from work and cause we both worked at Target and the guy saw me and he started yelling at me and cussing at me. He wasn't even supposed to be near the duplex. But apparently he was there to get his get his stuff because he had gotten out of prison and they were or jail and they were supposed to tell me. Yeah. And they didn't tell me that he got out of jail. And he was apparently there getting his stuff and he saw me. He started cussing at me and told me that I got him arrested <sighs> and everything. And um because his excuse for that night for him like breaking into my home was he was drunk and he thought it was his house. Wow. That's what his excuse was. What are the excuses for all the other times, yeah. sir? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, you got drunk every time and every time you yeah. you just having to yeah. mistake her duplex for your yeah. duplex. Exactly. <laughs> but um he was cussing me out and all this stuff and I just went back into the house and like thankfully my friend was with me and her boyfriend was there too. 
and we were like, like I wasn't alone <laughs> dealing yeah. with it. What I remember you telling me is that he was calling you a bitch and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was. And like that just, God, it just pisses me off so yeah. bad. Cause like, obviously, you know, you're not at fault for anything. You didn't do anything wrong. But like that word to just call a woman a bitch, like in particular calling a woman a bitch yeah. is just so like, there's so much weight behind that word. Just, you know how it's always thrown around to describe women and stuff yeah like like, you can be a woman and you can be like a little you can take leadership or you can be assertive and then you're called a bitch you can call the police on somebody that's harassing you and now you're a bitch like it's just it's so infuriating and i i think people probably get like what i'm trying to put into words that i'm struggling to put into words get it yeah Yeah. that's why i think a lot of women take back the word bitch we yeah. call each other hey bitches what's up <laughs> well, i also think that's why a lot of women don't come forward and like yeah. what i want to say about these people and this infuriates me too and why the police didn't do their due diligence by like letting you know he was out and stuff is yeah. these sex offenders they don't stop like yeah. they don't have i don't know what the correct word is like empathy or remorse that they think they're completely in the right yeah they're trying to become part of the lgbtqia and and that's not happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just those kind of people i feel like you can stop you just have to i don't yeah them away i don't know yeah because he was doing it to you and you said like a little girl yeah like um that's why i was like glad it happened you know it's weird to say that but I'm glad it did happen to me because we were able to get him arrested and stop him from possibly breaking into that little girl's room yeah Yeah. and I mean it sucks that any of us had to go through that situation for that to happen yeah but I'm glad that hopefully it at least stopped him from doing anything to that little girl yeah yeah definitely it's a really crazy thing that you went through and sadly, you know, a lot of women have been through. Yeah. Women, kids, girls. I have stories for days, y'all. Yeah, me too. I'm like, is there a woman on this earth that hasn't gone through that? Because it's it's I'm yeah. about to get angry. It's disgusting. No, it makes me so mad. And then I, I have one, it. you have one, you have yeah. one. Every woman does. I hate it when men are also they're like they become the victim. They try to victim themselves by saying not all men. It's yeah. not all men. No one. They don't care about us nice guys. Look, it's enough of y'all to make us feel uncomfortable and yeah. creepy. And just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean that you are, like, what you say to us doesn't make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, Nick, you might be trying to be nice, but it comes off not. <laughs> Nick is not one of those not all men people. I just yeah. want to put that out there. He's not, like, one of those people. But we were having a conversation about it, and I was like, um, like, let me put it into perspective for you for what it feels like. Um, I was like, would you be comfortable getting an Uber by yourself? And he said yes. And I was like, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just plain and simple. But, and guys know that, too. And they're like, like, if guys with their loved ones will be like, as a, they'll feel protective of a woman, like trying to go into an Uber by herself. Like, would Nick feel comfortable with you taking an Uber by yourself? Like, no, no. <laughs> so, like they know the threat is there too, to that point, that yeah. level. But then some guys 
do take it personally, like it's an attack on them. Like when we point out these things, we're saying all men are this way or that we're, we're offending them personally in some way, but it's not, but like, it still needs to be pointed out, emphasized just how bad it actually is. Yeah. I would like to talk more about this, but I think we need to go into a break real quick. Yeah, we do. Okay, we're back. Welcome back from the break. Back from the break. That's it. I heard a lot of sounds. That was Melly sitting on the Tufan. That's what we're calling it now. Back from the break. break. There's like, we were just talking on the break. There's so much we could say about this one story. And there's so many different areas we would like want to talk about. We don't even know like what to focus on. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. Yeah, it really is. There's so many aspects of this story. That we could dissect. <laughs> like the yeah. police for one. <laughs> yeah, like and I think, you know, you didn't really get to say that, but you weren't able to like press charges or anything. No, I don't like I okay, they gave they they wrote out a like a a, a restraining order or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like and they gave it to me that night. Oh. So Is like how it works. I didn't know that. I don't know. I think, I think you're supposed just... to go to court and stuff. Yeah, that's like, but that's what they said that like this paper says that he's not supposed to be uh-huh. around you, and if he does, like, report it or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, but I'm like, report it to who? <laughs> like, I don't have any information. I'm young, yeah. like 19. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Living my own, basically. Yeah. And. When he did show up again, it was just like, I was just trying to get away from him, like, you know, like, hide. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, should I call the cops again? So he was released from prison and came back for his stuff? I'm guessing he had gotten on, off on bail. Yeah, I was about to say, because I was like, if he just came back for his stuff, he should have had a police escort. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that was the case. I don't think so. I think, like, he got off on bail or whatever. But no one gave me any information yeah. on anything. And I wasn't, like, able to press charges or it sounds like... asked if I wanted to press charges. And it sounds like he didn't really even serve much time, if, yeah. if any. So it's, like, a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. And, like, that's one part, too, about this whole story that I'm thinking about. is just, like, the system itself is, like, until something really bad happens, there's not a good like consequence or like yeah, there's not any yeah. preventative measures in place i really probably couldn't press charges because he didn't actually break into the house and there's no proof that he was actually going to break into the house but yeah. those little like instances where nothing really happens like that um enables those people like we talked about like yeah. jeffrey Dahmer, ted bundy like ted bundy was arrested for attempted kidnapping yeah yeah and then just got out and then went on to kill more women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just served his time and then went on to kill more women. Right. And it's like, I understand, like, there has to be a balance. Like, we can't just go arrest everybody over every little thing that they do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot at play here with, like, women not being taken seriously. Yep. They're not being listened to. Um giving priority to you know white privilege i'm sure plays a role like Mm -hmm. jeffrey Dahmer and ted bundy were both white 
males, like cisgender white males. This and, like, guy was white too, though. Yeah, <laughs> and like, you know, you might, they probably, it seems like, and I don't know, I'm not familiar with the criminal system in any way, but, you know, stereotypically you think of like, drug charges and how people like get it so much time for a drug charge but then like you get caught stalking and it's like you serve no time and they're just waiting for the bad thing to happen it's been years just for having pot on like yeah i mean jason was a teenager about to graduate from high school he got a speeding ticket when he went in to pay his speeding ticket the judge didn't like the way that he looked and they drug tested him. He had smoked marijuana the night before. So he tested positive for marijuana and then spent four days in jail. Is that even legal? I don't know. But that's that just like crazy. It doesn't. But that is what happened to him. And it's so insane that like, I don't know. The priorities feel wrong. It's like, yeah. what? Well, who's making these laws in the first place? White men. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it goes all the way up to the top. And then there's just so much, because it's so systemic, there's so much we could talk about. Yeah. And, like, my brain is exploding. I just, I want to describe this guy to y'all real quick. Mm-hmm. He was what I would call white trash. Literally the <laughs> definition of white trash. He looked like he was, he was short, balding, and wearing, like, baggy shorts and, you know, tank top and all that. And... He looked like he was in his fucking 40s. He was 27 years old. And he looked like he was in his 40s. Oh, man. Yeah. So he must have been doing something. Drugs. Yeah. Like, it was insane. I literally thought he was, like, in his 40s. And then the police, like, took his ID and stuff. And he was, like, 27. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was insane. Like, (laughs) I don't know that a lot. Like, um, I won't... Just, like, for privacy, I don't want to talk, like, tell the place of my work. But I work with the general public and, like, the homeless population. And I had a woman come in, and um, this was a black woman who was being beaten. And she had told us about it. We got her in the room, and the police came in and um, were just very, like, just very, I want to say, like, yeah, skeptical, like, mm-hmm. asking all these sorts of questions, but she had a comprehension issue as well, mm-hmm. and the person who brought her in was the one beating her, and just something my boss had said, like, oh, if she was a white woman from Oconee County, then she would, they would have shut the whole street down looking for him. Yeah. Like, and they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it does matter what you look like matters to police officers. Yeah. And I feel like they rely a lot on that. Like, we all, like, are judgmental as humans. We judge books based on a cover. It's how our brains work. We take in information, like, all that we can on, like, first glance, and we make assumptions based on that. Um, and it's just what our brain does in order to like be able to operate within the world and that's okay to an extent but like it can't be what's like informing these really big decisions and like how you're interacting with people in their most vulnerable state and like I don't know I think it's also it's subconscious in some ways like people don't realize that they're doing it and that's why you know people say I'm not racist and like all of this anti-racism and everything that's been 
brought to the like more awareness lately like people feel defensive about being called racist it's like the truth of the matter is that we all are racist because we grew up in this within this system that prioritizes a certain race over others the white race and like that's how we we all grew up within that same um framework so we have these subtle little cues that we're all working from and that if we're not being super hyper aware of it we may not even notice that we're doing it you know and so yeah oh just like go piggybacking off of that to go with to be i feel like to be a police officer Mm -hmm. there should be some obviously more training like i feel like everyone agrees with that but like some sort of you need to go through some psychological or mental health training yeah definitely because you gotta to be able to even fucking handle a gun (laughs) you need to go through that shit yeah like no one you shouldn't like it maybe i'm not against having guns i'm like if you can protect if you need to protect yourself i'm for it but you there needs to be it needs to be harder Mm -hmm. to get guns honestly yeah and you shouldn't be able to get guns just because you were in the military. Because I know fuckers that have <laughs> been able to get guns and like semi-automatic guns. And these guys are not, and they're like ex-military and they're not okay in the head. Mm-hmm. Like they are constantly putting guns to their own heads, threatening to kill themselves, kill their families. Like, and they have access to all these fucking guns. Yeah. Well, I feel like something also is like, uh, someone who may be more of a sociopath, narcissist, mm-hmm. like you, these evaluations are very like, mm-hmm. um, do you thoughts, do you have thoughts of hurting other people? Like, of course they're going to say no. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like and at least these people that are narcissists and sociopaths mm-hmm. that mirror other people, they're yeah, smart they're enough. At that. Yeah, yeah. They're smart enough to say no. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why, like, a lot of people that say, like, oh, you're a sociopath, you're crazy, you don't have any emotions or feelings or whatever, I don't think that's, like, always accurate because a lot of sociopaths and people that are like that are good at faking having those emotions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and able to, like, hide the fact that they don't have those things. Right. Like, if you're emotionless, um, if you come off as cold and emotionless, it's more likely that maybe there's something else going on than being a sociopath because a sociopath is going to try really hard to seem like they have emotions and like they're going to do everything they can to get what they want and that and that usually means manipulating people and making people trust you and most people don't trust somebody that's cold and unfeeling yeah Yeah. um Kind of to go back on, you were talking about domestic violence earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of this show called Made on Netflix. I'm not sure if they're making it anymore because the last season was 2021. Hmm. Um, I don't um, I don't even know if I finished it, but it was pretty good. I get distracted <laughs> <laughs> from shows. Yeah. But they talk about domestic violence a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are, like, secret agencies and stuff. Um, that they basically, like, you can't, you can't have your phone, you can't have anything, but, like, because if you give away your location, you're giving away location of a lot of women that are hiding from 
their spouses. Mm-hmm. Like and, safe houses. Yeah, safe houses mm-hmm. and stuff. And I thought, because that was the first time I ever really learned about that. I thought it was really cool. Because in the situation like you were talking about with like the police and everything, I've seen lately, especially like on TikTok, people post some videos and things. The police take the men's side a lot. Like they mm-hmm. they think the woman's just being crazy. Yeah. Like crazy psycho lady, you know. Yeah. So the police usually will like take the men's side <laughs> that I've seen on TikTok anyways. The videos of people that I follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like if you think of the history of the US, you know, like it wasn't that long ago you know, in the grand scheme of things that it was possible for a woman to be raped by her husband. Yeah. So, I mean, like... And a lot of the domestic abusers are policemen themselves. Yeah. Like, there, there's a high number of people in the police that are... They are domestically the violent. And I could be so wrong about this. I don't know. But I don't know if they do, like, evaluations every year. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. And then there's so much corruption in the government, police, all of it. Yeah. Just speaking on personal experience, I have had negative experience in the field of social work and therapy dealing with police officers and clients. Um, and that that's why I'm passionate about this topic. Now, I'm speaking from a place of personal experience and anecdotal evidence. I have not done any research on this and I and I don't know any statistics around it. But I do know from what I've witnessed in the field, police officers are not equipped to manage mental health crises and they often exasperate it. And I'm coming from a place of working with teenagers. So I can only imagine what it's like if they can't be empathetic and help a teenager in crisis, how are they acting with adults? You know, like, yeah, that's what upsets me. Like, I'm thinking of a specific example in particular. One time we had a child that had to be 1013, which means taken to escorted to a hospital to be admitted because they were suicidal. Now, this is a little like really meek teenage girl. She's terrified. You can see in her eyes like she's really scared, but she's trusting us, the therapist, that we're making the right decision for her. Yeah. And we have to call. When we do a 1013, that means basically they're getting a police escort to the hospital. Um, their rights to, you know, not be admitted basically are being waived and they need to be monitored for at least 24 hours or however long. So we call 911 um, and we're told to request in a, in a case like this, a certain kind of police officer. So I call and I request that police officer, that kind of police officer. And I'm not joking. They laugh. They laugh at me when I request this. Like it's supposed to be a specially trained police officer. They laugh and they're like, yeah, okay. So they don't send me a specially trained police officer. They send this guy that shows up. um, And literally the first thing he says to me is like, out of frustration, like, well, let's get this over with. Like, let's get it done. I was just about to clock out and go home. 
And then he get like he's so gruff and like rude and mean to this girl. She is in her like most vulnerable mental health crisis right now. He just puts her in the back of the police car and drives off. And I'm just standing there like, what did I just do to my client? Like feeling terrible and like powerless. And then, you know, she, she ends up getting out and she comes back, you know, she ends up coming back to therapy with more trauma than what she had before she went. And we like spent time working through just that, like police car ride. Yeah. To, and I was, it's just really frustrating when you go into a field that's supposed to be a helping field and you want to help people and then yeah. the resources that it's are available. To protect you. Yeah. It's I'm, just, it's frustrating. I'm like tearing up because I had one of those situations myself. I wasn't escorted by police um, or anything, but I was admitted to a hospital mm-hmm. um, for that. And that was just like, I can't even remember it. It was like a blur, like the hardest day of my life. And I can't imagine. I was also taking a client to a mental health facility. And um, it wasn't my client, but another client there was having a really bad, I believe, schizophrenic episode. Was walking backwards, repeating herself, talking to herself. Just she um, and her partner was like, she's been off her meds for a while. And we're an outpatient. They're like, okay, you need to take her to crisis services. Like there's not much we can help her with here, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But when she left, I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional. They just laughed at her. And I'm like, then why are you here? Yeah. I just, it's so hard. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. That's like really hard stuff to talk about. And but it's important that we tell these stories because I think people don't realize how bad it is. Just the systems that are in place. And like, I don't know, when you're working in the field and seeing it regularly, like Hannah, you work in the social work field too. So you see a lot also. And like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I'm trying to say. That's all for today, so make sure to listen back next week for the rest of the episode.